Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Previously on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Man, oh man, what a night last night in Cambridge. I tell you, KB, we came in here yesterday. We came in here on a Reaction Monday and you feel pretty good about the Colts, do you not? Four straight wins. Uh, Jacksonville, they lost last night, so you feel good. We talked about that yesterday. And then you come in here today, and we didn't know how it was going to go in Gamebridge with the Celtics coming into town. The first half a little uneven, but wow, that second half. What a night for the Pacers. What a night for Pacer fans, who it's been a while since you have seen uh, quite a game like that. Halliburton, fantastic. And off to Vegas go the Indiana Pacers and we'll talk about it here I'm sure over the next three hours it's the wake-up call Kevin Bowen Andy Sweeney what's going on KB good morning to you good morning to you Kylan good morning as well as she continues to fill in for Mark Dykton what a uh, week for Dykton to be off by the way well, like everything's happening yeah, will real. the Pacers <laughs> head to Disney if they win this in-season I tournament just, maybe they'll meet Mark I uh, told Kylan know, I go we have teacup we have 17 sounds today so since the Pacers won a lot to get through yeah and and just a lot of highlights. And I think, obviously, the win speaks for itself, Andy. The environment, the intensity. Uh, there was some defense played last <laughs> night. There were defensive um, chants last night like it was 1997. Early in the game, defensive <laughs> chants. And, and honestly, I two things. One, you punched back in the fourth quarter. You know, you, you had gotten that 11-point lead. You're thinking, here you go. You extend the lead with Halliburton out there late third quarter. And then Boston says, this is why we're we're number one in the Eastern Conference. This is why we're probably the NBA uh, favorite this season. But you then answer that call in the final 90 seconds saying, no, 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 we can punch back. And obviously Halliburton's four-point play speaks for itself. And then lastly, Andy, the other thing that really stood out to me is, how many times in an NBA arena over the course of the year do you hear a fan base chant MVP for their star <laughs> player? Like, it, it, it's kind of turned into the universal sure. thing, right? Joel Embiid, I'm sure Luka you know, gets Shea it. Shea Gilgis Alexander has a 40-point <laughs> night, and next thing you sure. know, Thunder Nation is chanting MVP. Last night, Halliburton deserved the hell out of that chant. He is yes, unquestionably sir. one of the most valuable players in the NBA. There is no debate about it. He's a guy that's been outspoken about wanting this opportunity. And, Andy, it's one thing to speak that and to verbally kind of put it out there publicly. And he's done that at every stop. And it's another thing to back it up. And it sounded like a little bit of a flu game. The dude had to have an inhaler at halftime to get him through that effort, his first ever triple-double. And how about the zero on the box score for him? Zero turnovers against Drew Holiday. Well, you know, I'm watching that game, and so, you know, it's interesting. If you think being on national TV, and by the way, you're you're spot on. The Pacers have not shied away from, we want to be, we want to win, we want to be on national television, we want people to know who we are, and I think Halliburton with it, whether it be a little bit of Team USA over the summer, or what he has done specifically in the month of November, and now, of course, into December, he has said, I want to be known, and so for, you know, I, I guess for me, I'm watching him, you know, people know I'm following the Pacers now, and here in Indy, and I'm loving it, and you know, they're like, okay, I haven't seen a ton of Halliburton, right? I mean, if you don't have 
finales, and if you're not watching it all the time, and they're like, I can't wait to see Halliburton and see what this team is all about. And, you know, you get to halftime, the Pacers are down seven. Halliburton has, what, 7.6 rebounds, couple assists, which is a nice line. I'm not acting like he would not get a double-double, but it wasn't the force. It wasn't the offense. It wasn't the type of team that we had seen for the majority of the season. And then the second half, Wow, in that second half, and I don't know about you, but uh, I, I think the guy I want to get on the show more than anybody is Halliburton's dad. <laughs> oh, he's nuts. I, I love he's that nuts. guy. Sitting there baseline. Yeah. How about you at Halliburton's I, I family? I love the guy. At Halliburton's family in their <laughs> usual spots, did you happen to see Shaq Leonard next to the Boston basket there? Oh, yeah. How about Shaq? Celebrates his one-year deal with the Eagles. I assume he'll fly to Philly today. For that one book. more time out before he goes to Philly last night is sure. that what it was one, one more time one, one downtown more time Indy out with the uh, with the misses what what an atmosphere and, and Andy I, I've talked about this in this Pacers rebuild I, massive credit to Kevin Pritchard because to execute a rebuild you've got to lose like that is the sad reality of it you have to get high enough draft picks to try and rebuild and, and they did that but now. This season is about doing some winning and experience those nights and get into, you know, yesterday at this time, Andy, I said, okay, what do I want to see from the Pacers tonight? I want to see the final media timeout, TNT, Bally comes back from that timeout, and the crowd is on its feet. And, and you have oh, you had game it. pressure right. moments, and you did. Tied up with what? A little over 90 seconds to go. Shot clock's winding down. You know, it was kind of funny how... All of a sudden, a switch happens, and if you're Boston, you like what you got. You got Jalen Brown back on Halliburton, not Al Horford on him. Shot clock's winding down. Halliburton's not in his normal kind of quarterback flow. Next thing you know, he throws it up. It goes in the four-point play, and probably the loudest that building has been uh, since their last playoff win in 2018. So what a night, 11 and 8 on the year. Again, these games do count for the overall season record, so it's important for that as well. Andy, they now are off to Vegas. That is a very odd start time, by the way, on Thursday. It is a 5 p.m. Eastern start time. Oh, wow, is it? Get JMV off the air then. Wow, how about that? No matter what happened, this is the Eastern Conference slot. Eastern Conference at 5. I think the West is like at 9. So again, Bucks Knicks tonight. Pacers will play the winner of that game in Vegas. If they win, Saturday's the title game. And remember, Saturday's game is the only extra game. That would be the 83rd game that wouldn't count towards your overall season record. If you lose, there's no third place game. So you're only in Vegas Mercifully, Rick Carlisle was thinking, wait a minute, we're in Miami, now we're going to Vegas. From, from South Beach to Vegas, yeah. how about that? Uh, you might need inhalers That's for fantastic. everybody on, yeah, your ba- well. on your basketball team <laughs> for that one. Uh, so 5 o'clock tip time on Thursday. Uh, but boy, just just a special, special night. Credit to Rick Carlisle, credit to the Pacers team, Tyrese Halliburton cutting through it. I thought Aaron Neesmith was great oh, in the he's fantastic. Quarter. I thought Bruce Brown kind of set a tone early of like, guys, I've been in these environments. Let me kind of lead a little bit early. And it was funny, you get the end of the first quarter, Andy. It's 24-22. Like, know, what kind of game is this? I'm like, this is defense. Yeah. This is playoff intensity. 1998. What are we yeah. doing here? Uh, turn back the clock. Market Square there. Arena. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, you know, to a certain extent, you know, for me, I'm happy the Pacers did what they did. You know why? Because people have not seen the Pacers as much as we have. We know that even if he had an off game, let's say that Halliburton had a bad game and it came out that he was really sick and he had an off game, which, of course, in an 82 game or perhaps an 83 game schedule now for the Pacers, 
issues they could have, it'd be one of those things, well, that's too bad that they kind of had the eyes of the nation on them and they didn't take advantage of it. And quite frankly, that's a little bit of what I was thinking in the first half, was it not? It's like this game isn't, this is not the normal Pacer game. I mean, how many quarters, I should have looked this up. I feel stupid not doing it. How many How many Pacer quarters have they scored 48 or really close to 48 points, KB? I mean, they've had quarters yeah, to where. Miami scored, what, 45 uh, yeah, in the I mean, fourth quarter yeah, the they, They've had quarters to where they have been up around 48 points, definitely over 40. And I'm thinking this is the Celtics type of game. You know, they, they've kind of drugged the game not into the mud but they mucked it enough uh the announcers I think Greg Anthony kept mentioning how the Pacers first half were scoring so late in the shot clock slowing the game down lessening possessions a little bit and you could tell Carlisle was kind of managing Halliburton a little bit at the beginning maybe uh with some of the minutes he talked about that post game but uh in that second half we saw what we have seen so very often and there's no doubt you know we have talked about with the Colts changing a culture and that has happened here with the Pacers, but the Pacers now are known as having a true superstar in Tyrese Halliburton. And a closer. Yeah, and a, and a closer. And that was a Which big the NBA part of it. is a big, big deal. It, it's a big deal. Especially and, playoff and, time. And I, and I really feel like, you know, that's, that's a step that has happened thus far this season. Some culture, some winning when they lose. Rick Carlisle comes on this air and is not happy about it. And then having that star and having that closer, I think those are foundational pieces. And last night helped with those foundational pieces. I believe yeah. that. Un- unquestionably. Uh, great night inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Shout out to everyone uh, in the building. The atmosphere was outstanding. So again, 5 o'clock on Thursday for the Pacers as we look ahead to this week. It was a busy night from a, uh, Im- I guess, a local impact standpoint if you want to go there. Purdue bounces back. Uh, they roll Iowa there. They expand their lead without Zach Eady in that Boy, first half. they smoked half. Iowa. Yeah, they uh, wow. absolutely dominated Fran. Did you see Fran got a t- uh, he got a <laughs> tech? I believe I said it would happen at the 12.30 mark. You did. What, the time, first what time did it end up first being? Half? I think it was 11.30. Was it really? So okay. I missed it by a minute. I'm going to go back and look because you were close. On the Fran technical there. <laughs> and then Monday night football last night. You know. Ugh. Primetime last night, Andy. Primetime Thursday night. Colts impact in both of those games. I walk away from last night, and for those that missed it, Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Cincinnati wins in overtime. Good news for the Colts. Bad news for the mm-hmm. Colts. There are. I, I, I'm asking you that question. I know. Let me provide context to our audience that did not see what happened. Jake Browning for Cincinnati looked like Joe Burrow. Uh, he was outstanding in that game. It was dink and dunk central early for him, and then he made some big time throws throughout. and they, And they want a shootout. Uh, and he was thirty two. He was thirty two of thirty seven. It needs to be said. He threw for three hundred and fifty four yards last night. Outstanding by Jake Browning. And late in that game, Trevor Lawrence goes down, and it looked ugly. Um, I, I was unsure why Jacksonville couldn't get a cart for the franchise quarterback to get him into the locker room. He lim- uh, Calling it a limp yeah. would be putting it no. lightly. He's going to miss time. Uh, ankle sprain is the early diagnosis. I, my you know uneducated medical opinion would say very high ankle sprain on that. So basically, I set it up for you, Andy, and say good or bad. Cincinnati's now 6-6. Six and six. You're 7-5. and five. You play them Sunday. The winner of that game is above the other one in the standings because Cincinnati would 
you know, it, it, if they win, they tie you record-wise, and they would have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Jacksonville is now eight and four. The Colts are seven and five. The Texans are seven and five. All of a sudden, is the door of the AFC South cracked open at all from last night? Like I mentioned on yesterday's show, do you get greedy? Do you cheer for Cincinnati? You might let them in the wild card picture, but the AFC South could be open, and now you have the injury to the most important player in the division. Okay, so I thought Jacksonville was going to win this game. We'll get to those gutless Jacksonville Jaguars in the 8 o'clock hour uh, because they cost me... Uh, oh, I know why. God, they mad. cost me a yeah. lot of money uh-huh. last night. It ain't good, okay? Uh, so we'll crush them. But Jacksonville, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw his helmet. Uh, other players are kind of kneeling around him. You have to think he misses time. By the way, they're in Cleveland and then they're home to the Ravens. And I didn't think they were going to win both of those games anyway. And now, if you go in there, who's the backup there? I feel like I should know. It's like a familiar name there. CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard, of course, because we talked about him when uh, Trevor Lawrence went down earlier in the season. We thought he was going to miss time. I think he got injured on what, like a Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so I was very much, and I think you were too. Were you not last night? Hey, go ahead and just get Cincinnati out of the way. Yeah, like oh yeah, make yeah, them yeah. five and seven. <laughs> right. Show that they're not going to win a damn thing with Jake Browning and kind of move them out of the way. And I guess part of me still feels that way, Kevin. But the the flip side is now that Jacksonville has lost, it's a game difference. You absolutely can dream, but then you throw on top of it, and I take no joy in it. The Trevor Lawrence injury is a massive injury. I mean, obviously, when any starting quarterback goes down, not everyone is going to have a Gardner Minshew or a Josh Dobbs or some of these other guys. Maybe Browning is one of those guys for the Bengals. We should watch them. But I guess I wake up this morning feeling that Cincinnati is still not going to make the playoffs, even though they won that crazy game last night. I guess I I still feel that way. I'm still skeptical of Jake Browning. And then I go and I look at... Trevor Lawrence, if he doesn't play, and he's going to miss at least a little bit of time, you'd imagine, you know, there's potential at Cleveland, uh, Ravens, and then in Tampa Bay, those all three could be losses. Now I'm starting to get greedy. Yesterday, I was not greedy, but I wake up today getting a little greedy. But the flip side is, and I want to talk about this later, you have to feel a little bit different about Cincinnati after last night. Yeah, I would say the only, have good, to. The only good news is that game went 68 minutes. Yes, you have to. It, it, it went overtime, and they've got to travel home, and now they have a short week. That, that would probably be the only good news I can point to. But the thing that I always thought we weren't acknowledging with Cincinnati is, yes, it's Jake Browning. But Andy, it's still Joe Mixon. It's still Jamar Chase. It's still T. Higgins. Chase was great. Tyler Boyd. I mean, all three of those dudes made some big time catches. I know their defense has struggled this year, but they've got some dudes that you just get it in the general vicinity of them. And they go show you why they are that talented. So we will certainly hit on that today. And also, it is a late one tonight. Whether you're going to Hinkle, 8.30, Butler and Buffalo, Thad Mata joining us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We will give away a four-pack of tickets either to tonight's game, if you would like that, or Saturday they've got Cal. So we'll do a four-pack of tickets to the Butler game again either tonight or coming up tomorrow. uh, Excuse me, on Saturday, I should say, for that Cal game. And Andy, we teased it yesterday for IU fans. Get the Peacock subscription ready. (laughs) It is a 9 o'clock tip for Indiana at Michigan tonight. And that game is exclusively on Peacock. Do they have replays in case I fall asleep in the second half? I'm asking because I don't know. If I log on to Peacock and I get the replay the next morning. I would hope for (laughs) $5.99 a month or whatever it is. What is Peacock a month? 
Do, do we uh, know? Yeah, I should probably look that I up. I think it started at three bucks, and I think it's now up to six dollars. They got me where it's automatically drawing out of my my Apple account. You know, they got my credit card on file. Oh sure. So yeah. I see mm-hmm. the email once every month. You know, six ninety nine. Like, all right, see you later. Yeah. You when know. when little gas inserts you into the nursing home, you're you're you're, you're still going to be getting. <laughs> It'll be forty two for the old forty two ninety nine by the time I'm in the nursing home, hopefully. <laughs> uh watch out for the roads this morning. A little bit of rain. I think a little bit of slickness Ugh. in some areas as well. We're starting to get into that time of year, so certainly keep an eye on that. But we have got a loaded one for you. Greg Doyle at eight thirty. It's kind of our monthly appearance with Greg. Uh, coming up, Thad Mata at nine to force Buckner. At 9.45, we'll recap the Colts' four-game win streak with number 99 as he welcomes back Grover Stewart. In that one, a fresh Grover Stewart against a tired Bengals offensive line. I would like to think for the Colts that should be an advantage coming up on Sunday. But certainly a ton a ton to recap from the great game last night inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, a wild Monday nighter, and Purdue bouncing back inside of Mackey. Thanks for spending this Tuesday morning with us. Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, Kylan Talley here on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy having a lot of fun today. Greg Doyle from The Star going to join us here in just a second. Fed Mata will join us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll have four tickets to give away uh, to an upcoming game. Butler basketball in action tonight. DeForest Buckner will join us at 945. Excited uh, to talk to him as the Colts 7-5 and five on the season. All right, let's go on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Greg Doyle joins us here on the program a late night last night and an early morning. Greg, uh, good morning. We appreciate you joining us. How are you today? I'm good, but I would have appreciated my own walk-up music, which would have been either the last Mohicans theme song, which looked that up, that's powerful, anything by Barry Manilow, okay. or I'm really getting into Leonard Cohen, who wrote the song Hallelujah. Leonard Cohen is the best writer of our generation. Of course, he died a few years ago, but I'd be a fanboy if he was alive. I'd be following him places. Do, do you have Spotify? Did you put out your Spotify end-of-the-year breakdown like everybody seemingly has done on Twitter and Facebook and everything else? I, I'm I'm not so old school that I have eight tracks, but I'm old school enough that I actually buy my songs 99 cents at a time or $1.29 at a time. <laughs> of course. That, so I've got about 350 <laughs> songs on my phone, and that's what I do now. Um I do have a dog. I'm sitting right next to him, Cat, my greyhound. It's possible you've heard of him. I, it's, I, I, try to, I try not to share him too much, but then I can't help it. So anyway, I, I've got I, – if you can believe this, I subscribe to Pandora finally just for Cap so that when I'm gone during the day, I put on like happy songs for Cap or yacht rock radio for Cap. Well, right now we've got Christmas songs. Oh, that's for nice. Cap. How do you know yeah, what Cap well, likes? Christmas songs. How do you know – what? How do you know what, what, what type of music Cap likes, Greg? Because he tells me, because I know him. That Cap and I, we, we're actually the same. You know, Cap and I, we're, we are twin brothers from another mother or something like that. Does it, wait, does that make me a son of a – never mind. It doesn't matter what it makes <laughs> Cap and I are uh, – Cap, Cap, Cap completes me. He's, uh, I'm his mini-me. I love that. Uh, happy uh, Tuesday morning to Greg Doyle. Happy Tuesday morning to Cap, maybe more importantly. And, Greg, thanks for spending it with us. As Andy said, you were in the building last night. Thoughts on the environment, thoughts on this in-season experience, and how much the Pacers have clearly embraced it. Yeah, that was that was something else. And uh, 
you hope that we see it some more because that was that was a reminder of what happens in that building when everybody shows up and granted the players have to cooperate. You know, everybody can't show up when when half the team is, is hurt and you know, and back in the old depot era when nobody was healthy. But man, when when, when the place is rocking and with Halliburton here, they play with such joy. You know, I, I've always liked – well, once Paul George got traded, I've always liked the Pacers' players um, Well, after until Victor Oladipo changed. But I've always liked most of the Victor's player, uh, Pacers' players most of the time. But this team is unbearably lovable. Lovable. And so that you get the joy they play with, and Halliburton is just next level – and last night I'm watching ESPN this morning, and Tim Bonteps from ESPN was there last night. He's talking on, on, on TV this morning about how this was the Pacers coming out party and Halliburton announced himself as a superstar. And that's what I was thinking last night, and that's kind of what I wrote too, but you don't know what you know anybody else is thinking. Certainly you don't know what someone from the outside like that thinks, but the impression I get is that folks are kind of maybe today for the first time all year in mass nationally aware of what we have here greg doyle with us uh greg what does it mean you know looking at your story but also that's a storyline obviously we we have talked about in the first half it didn't look so great and then the second half the pacers came on and halliburton was fantastic um what does it mean for the city what does it mean for the pacers to have a true superstar a guy that is looked at as one of the best players in the nba because they have that with this kid no doubt no doubt, and the, the city, you know, when I, ever since I've been here, I've I felt this way. It was obvious from the moment I got here that this city is. Uh, we care about our pro sports. I mean, us, the, you know, the fans and all that. We care about them. It's almost collegiate. It's uh, this city's not like other pro towns. This is a college pro town. So we we don't just like winners. We like to know the people who are winning. I mean, really know them and. The Pacers have it. Halliburton's got it. The, the, the fans are behind him. And afterwards, Carlisle was – Rick Carlisle, the coach, was so cool about this. He said, you know, this is a big moment for the city. And he said, you know, the Colts are on a winning streak. And, you know, we're coming. We've got Halliburton. And he said, you don't – and you don't even realize how many people behind the scenes here at Gamebridge are getting this court together, getting this whole building together, how many people it takes to get a moment like this happening, and then to capitalize on it with, with the world watching. He was just really happy for the entire city because – some cities, I mean, New York City is going to be New York City. L.A. is going to be L.A. Miami is going to be Miami. A lot of Chicago will be Chicago. They're going to be who they're going to be, and they're going to be fine no matter what. But we're going to be who we're going to be, but we need the Pacers and or ideally and Colts to be really good. It, it just takes us to a different level. And yeah. I'm talking about internally. It takes us different, to a different level. I don't mean like what, what do people think about us. I don't care about that. I mean just what's the mood, the attitude in the city. People wonder, why does why does the city spend so much money on a stadium or an arena or this or that. Well, when things are going right, and I don't mean just last night made $300 million worth it, but over the course of a season, a year, a decade, when things are going right, it, it uplifts the entire city and really the state. Yeah, I think that's really, really well said. Greg Doyle is with us here for the Indianapolis Star. Him and Cap on this Tuesday morning joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Greg, it was Friday. It was 2.30. Kurt Signetti took the mic in Bloomington. <laughs> well, I guess he took the mic several times uh, on that Friday. And you said something to the effect of, I've never seen an introductory press conference like that. What did you see, or probably more importantly, what did you hear from the WWE promoter, Kurt Signetti? Right. I mean, you, you know, everybody comes in confident and they talk about it's going to be, you know, my way or my this, my that, and, and we're going to put a new stamp on whatever. 
because almost by definition, if you're coming in somewhere, unless you're you're either following in the footsteps of somebody who's great who left, and that's kind of a dud of a press conference because everybody's sad that you lost your coach to some other school, or you're coming in because your coach got fired because your program's falling apart. Either way, it's kind of hard to be taken seriously. Uh, he was. I took him very seriously. He was. He believes he. Uh, and there, there's a part of him that you can you can tell he 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 loves him from Kurt Signetti, mm-hmm. but he's earned that right. You know, he's all he knows is a coach. All he knows is excellence. And over time, that just kind of starts to come out of you, and everybody around you picks up on it. And and sometimes it just kind of feeds itself. He was so like uh, quietly cocky. I mean, he was. I mean, yeah, I don't know how to say it. I, I've I've been to a bunch of these, and, I, and I, I mean this. I've never seen something quite like – put it this way. Okay, put it this way. I was not writing that day. I forget like, Purdue was playing that night maybe. I had a game that night. I was not writing that day. I'd written about Kurt the, the day before I got hired. So I wasn't going to write, oh, I used playing that night basketball. I, said, I wasn't going to write about it. But I'm watching the press conference, and after about five minutes of him talking, I'm texting my bosses saying, I, I hope we have room because I – this moment can't happen, not because the, the city needs to see what I say. No, I don't. Think, I don't care about that. I need to see what I'm going to say because I need to. I'm fired up. I got to write about this guy and this moment because it was. He was so cocky, but cocky. And I've seen cocky. I don't like. This is cocky. I like. Greg, we had him on, and I asked him something to the effect of, you know, what is the pitch to you know the players who are in the portal who are not on your team uh, and the guys that are looking to leave Bloomington? And he goes, "I'm a winner." That's what I'm going to tell him. I'm a winner. <laughs> he said that JMU would have built him a statue had he stayed there to the end of his career. So there is a, there is a chip on the shoulder, no doubt, with Kirk Sinetti. What does he need to do to be successful there, do you think? What kind of things does he need to do early on here? Did, did you say, did he say, if I stayed at JMU, that it built a statue? Yeah, him? yeah, that's what he said. Oh, yeah. My, my word. And the thing about it is that I don't know that – I don't know that he has talking points that he plans to say. I don't know that he – I think he's um, – I, I think he's maybe like me, is that he just blurts stuff out and you just don't know what's coming. And I don't think he knows what's coming. And I, I don't I think would agree with that. Things. You would? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's pretty pretty organic. I, I hope it's pretty organic. I think it is too. And maybe that's why I, I liked him so much, not because he reminds me of me because I'm, I'm not that good on the mic, but he reminds – I like him because he was organic. It, it feel, he feels real. He doesn't feel like, for example, that Big Ten Network interview he did where at the very end he'd been on there for five or ten minutes, however long he'd been on there, and he hadn't said what he was about to say. And at the very, very end, they're, they're thanking him for coming on, and we know it's a busy day. We know you're going back to Bloomington and get a GA who can drive there in 35 minutes, all that stuff. At the very, very end, he kind of uncorks, like as, a, as he's walking away, well, I thought I should make the drive because we'll be playing in this game next year. I mean, you, you, could, you, could, almost, you could tell he just, that just occurred to him right then. And then he said it, so – that was amazing, but what he needs he needs to do two things, and if, if one's already happened or or has been ruled out, then forgive me, but it was late night. But he needs to get that JMU quarterback out of the transfer portal because um, I assume that guy's really good. He put up great numbers using the portal, right? I mean, the guy's yep. the portal. Yep, yep, you're right. Go get that guy, and and I like Taven Jackson. I, I saw him on the field as a high school sophomore and told him you're going to be Mr. Football in two years. I was wrong, but I wasn't wrong by much. And I saw his maybe his first start um, for for the Hoosiers and. And I, you know, I, th- I think he could be a pro. Uh, he needs some seasoning, clearly. But as far as pro tools, he's got them. So I'm a Taven Jackson fan. But a new coach, new system, come from JMU. The quarterback's available. You want to hit the ground running? Go get that guy. That's how you. That's how schools around the country are 
either maintaining what they have seamlessly or building quickly is they're going in the transfer portal and finding the most important player in the field and bringing him in, which is why, which is why I've said I'm, I'm transitioning out a little bit. But this is why Florida State, as sad as it may be, like, let's, let's not get lost in our feelings about Florida State. And let's not get lost in the fact that it sucks for Jordan Travis. It really, and his, he put a tweet out that night apologizing for breaking yeah. his leg. I mean, it sucks. There's no, um, there's no, you don't have to be heartless to recognize that Florida State got situated. The, the situation screwed Florida State. It just it sucks. It sucks for them and for Travis and for all of his teammates. It sucks for all of them. But but there's a reason why quarterbacks go where they go. And Michael Penix, all of a sudden, Washington's undefeated and he's a Heisman candidate. Bo Nix, all of a sudden, the Oregon's where they are. There's a reason these things happen. They, they happen because the quarterback makes or breaks a team. We saw with Penix here. The difference between Penix here and Penix not here was Tom Allen getting a $5 million yep. contract and Tom Allen getting fired. So I don't want to hear that, well, but Florida State beat Florida barely. And they beat Louisville barely. And all they do is win. Yeah, they, they beat two. Florida's mediocre. Louisville is – I don't know what Louisville is, but they're, they're not all that. I don't care what the rec- – I don't care. Uh, the eyeball test tells me. Florida State is not going to give Michigan the best game. Alabama will. And, I, and it sucks – but I don't care about sucks. This reminds me of the Chuck Pagano orange wedge game against the Saints about seven years ago <laughs> when the Saints jumped out to a 24 nothing lead and, and the Colts came back and, and maybe even tied it, but the Saints won in overtime or something. And Pagano, after the game, was just so proud of his team. And I wrote, that was my orange wedge game where he just wanted to give orange wedges out. He was so proud of himself. Like, this is not, this is not orange wedge time. Hey, the, the Seminoles deserve an orange wedge. They went 13-0. Let's put them in the play. No, 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 no. Without their quarterback, that's not the Seminoles. Okay, that's not them. So... Anyway, that was a long answer to say Kurt Signetti needs a quarterback. <laughs> he needs a quarterback. No, he does. And there's uh, there's tons of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Greg Doyle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline following everything for the Indianapolis Star. ESPN right now, 59.5%. The Colts um, end up making the postseason. Right now, they are still the seven seed. Last night, some interesting, uh, interesting things happened between the Bengals and Jags. Uh, fi- so 59%, Greg. Uh, do you Think, do you think there's a better chance they make the postseason or less of a chance they make the postseason? Better, much better than that. I, uh, the New York Times and everybody's got their computer analytics, and it's, we're all guessing, just kind of like what I said about Jordan Travis and Florida State and, and who's going to give the best game to, to Michigan. We're all guessing, but better than that because for several reasons. One is they've won four in a row, and they're about to get back Grover Stewart. And, and they've won four in a row despite the fact they can't stop the run. Well, they're about to stop the run again. Grover Stewart's coming back. And and Juju Brents ought to be you know coming back at some point. They're they're going to get healthier, and unless somebody gets hurt, you never know. But right now they're they're, gonna, they're looking better off the field. So, but then everybody else around them is coming back to the field. They're either losing or getting injured or both. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. All of a sudden, Jacksonville is now catchable. If Lawrence can't play, and we don't know, and I hope that's not the case, but he if his ankle injury is three or four or five games, you know, they're coming back to the field. The Bengals, yeah, they won last night. Jake Browning looked great, but. They don't have a starting quarterback. You know, I mean, well, they don't have their starting quarterback. All these teams are losing the Steelers with Pickett. They're, it's a mess. And, yeah, the Colts are with their second-team guy, too, but, but they've shown they can win with their second-team guy. I just think I like their chances a whole lot. I think, I think they better get in there comfortably like six because Houston's coming. The, mm-hmm. the Texans are coming. They're, they're out of the play. I think the Texans are out right now. But, yeah, they're the eight seed. Yeah. Okay, well, they're coming. They're They're coming. So the Colts better not just think, well, as long as we stay ahead of the teams ahead of us, don't let them get, you know, no, no, you stay ahead of, te- of the Texans too because they're coming. Greg, last one for me, and I wouldn't ask this to everybody, but I know you can more than handle it. 
Um, and this kind of dates back to our conversation we had just before the start of the Colts season. I'm sure indirectly you've probably addressed this in a column already. This from Richard. Uh, Ask Greg about how he said anyone betting the Colts over three wins were idiots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hear that. I it, It's... Uh, I'm not speechless because I'm embarrassed. I, you know, I, that's what bothers me about society is like, I, apparently you don't have the right to come out and, and see things you see and think things you think. And now you've got to apologize for thinking they were going to like, Oh, cause you knew Richard, you knew they were going to be this good. It's like, I, my thought is when you watch the NCAA tournament bracket and you, you, you put your bracket online for the world to see and somebody in the second round beat somebody else and fans from that school tell you i knew tennessee was going to beat. i knew, no, you didn't you're a tennessee fan you your bracket says they're going to win because you're a tennessee fan you didn't know you thought you didn't know so richard whoever you, you didn't know they're going to win more than three. Oh, i knew because i know you didn't know you didn't know and and i'm telling you right now what i misjudged or at least what i didn't know about was i didn't know shane steichen i didn't know how good he was because i'm looking at this team and this roster still isn't any good. It's not. It's just not. Um, Alec Pierce had finally had a good game. That's great. But the roster, it's not good. And and Gardner Minshew is. He's got these snicker bar moments. Snickers, you know, where you need snickers, where he just kind of loses interest <laughs> and loses focus, and just has like a, an entire quarter where he just disappears. And that quarter, you know, could cost him. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say other than I'm not going to be right all the time. But I'll tell you two things. I'm going to be three things. I'm going to be all the time. I'm going to be really blunt. I'm going to say exactly what I think and not care what anybody else thinks. And I'm going to be charming as hell. (laughs) What are you working on? Uh, Well, actually, I'm nothing much. I mean, I've got stories. I've got the IU game late tonight. I guess anything in particular you want to tease either you've written in the past week or so or since we last talked or anything on the horizon? Well, here's something that matters to me. Um, The 10-point coalition. I, I wrote about that about a week ago. I went walking with Reverend Harrison and 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 it's you know it's it's real it's real the things you see it's real. I was on a podcast with Reverend Harrison a couple of days ago and was, and was telling him like to his face you know because I'm not Reverend. I expected to see you know stuff from the wire because that's all I've only seen it in the wire. You know I, I didn't grow up in that. I didn't you know we're we're born where we're born. We have no control of where we're born, which is why I can't get behind closing the borders for immigrants. I could have been born in Mexico. I could have been born in El Salvador. I could have been born anywhere. You know I was happened to be born to, you know to who I was born to. I wasn't born into a world where I'm going to go see the wire on a daily basis, but I, I saw it with the 10 point coalition. I just, you know, that's just the life. They call it the game and all that. You see it. And I wrote about it that, and that was one of the grittiest gritty it is the grittiest story I've ever written. But once you see something like that and you see what's going on in our city, right under our nose, I drive right past that intersection over I 65. It's literally beneath me as I drive over it. Never knew what was happening when the sun goes down right there. Didn't know. But once you know that thing, if you care, a lot of people don't care. That's the reason why they don't use turn signals. That's the reason why they don't get vaccines. They don't care about anybody but themselves. I get that. The world's full of people like you, and you go do you. That's fine. But if you care about what's going on around you, it, it's hard not to go back. And so I, uh, if you can believe this, I'm not part of the 10-point coalition. I'm one of their walkers. I, I'm going uh, when the schedule allows me two, three times a week. I'm walking, and, and it's I'm saying that to, to hopefully, um, inspire is the right word, uh, instruct people, inform. They need help. You know, they, there's 10 hotspots in this town, and they need help. They need people. And it's great if you're volunteering at a you know, walking dog somewhere. I've done that before. It's great if you're volunteering. Whatever you're doing, that's great. 
But if you're looking for something to do, you got your evenings free, and you want to make a difference in, in, in the world in a way that, that, you know, not just might, but will save lives, go out there and see what they're seeing and go back out there and go back out there and go back out there and be part of the community at a level that you never thought even imagined because this city is going to, you know, at, at the best of the best, the Pacers and the Colts are going to lift us. They're going to take us to heights. The best of the best, they are. But much lower than that at the grassroots level, and I mean even below the grassroots level, it's, it's kind of subterranean. It's underground. You don't know it's there unless you go looking for it. Go there. Go look for it, and you'll never be the same. He is Greg Doyle, and he is a columnist at the Indianapolis Star, and he's with his dog Cap on this Tuesday morning. Greg, as always, thank you. Yeah, yeah, which is why I really don't care about Richard and I, I – uh, are you going to apologize for being wrong about – no, I'm not going to – you know what? Because that's just sports, and I don't care. You know, I care, but I don't care. I care about other stuff. Greg, thank you. All right, man. Bye. That's Greg Doyle on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Fad Mata in 10 with a Butler ticket giveaway as well. And DeForest Buckner to round things out at 945. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, look at that little Butler fight song there. Gets us going here on this uh, 9 o'clock hour, as always. Broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studios. Wake up call, KB and Andy. Again, Greg Doyle, last segment. Thad Mata, Butler basketball head coach, coming up here in just a second. DeForest Buckner will join us at the back end of the show about 9.45. Miss any of our conversation. A lot of Pacer talk today. Find it at 1075thefan.com. All right, let's jump on out. Pay less liquors hotline. Thad Mata and company. Butler, three straight wins. They got one tonight. We'll talk about that and uh, and everything else happening with that Butler basketball program. Coach Mata joins us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fine. Good morning to you guys. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We do appreciate it. Before we uh, go forward, I guess let's go back. Wow, what a game against Texas Tech, but really three straight wins. uh, That overtime thriller, high-scoring game, lots of offense against Texas Tech. You mentioned after the game how that was a big win for your program. Uh, I guess what what do you make of where your team is, and what did that Texas Tech win do for you guys here early on in the season? Well, you know, it's funny, you compartmentalize your season, and and as I told our guys, you know, there's three parts of the college basketball season, preseason, the conference season, and and postseason, and, you know, I I look back to, I don't know, two weeks ago, just over two weeks ago, we were playing at Michigan State, and and then going down to Orlando and playing the three games down there, going into the Texas Tech game, and this team's gotten better. And, um, you know, I, I think we've been – we've had some really good tests. And, and I thought the Texas Tech game, you know, for November 30th or whatever it was, was one of the most high-powered college basketball games of the season. I was, I was glad to be a part of it and even happier to, to win the game. And, um, you know, in, in, in that game, we had to – we were up, we lost the lead, we got down, we came back, we fought, we had to go to overtime, we won the game. And, and I think that, you know, said a lot about our guys. And, and, you know, one of the things we preached is being a tougher program than we've been. And, and uh, that was, a you know, a resilient win against a really good basketball team. 
Coach, I want to go one more uh, back in that overtime win. You know, I'm watching the end of regulation there. Texas Tech kind of has a sloppy possession. It's going nowhere. And then, boom, all of a sudden they get a layup at the rim, and it's overtime. And you hop right up, or I don't know, you hell, you're probably standing up, and you start screaming, five minutes, guys, five more minutes. And you start kind of clapping your hands and, and totally get the psyche changed to overtime. Specifically, I guess, what did you think about your team in overtime? It's such a new-look bunch. You know, you're putting the puzzle pieces together. And I just thought the resolve they showed in OT after, you know, having a moment there in regulation where there's a little lapse late, uh, I, I thought that was big time for you guys. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, we had a foul to give at the end of the regulation, and, and I was debating whether I was going to have them foul. And, um, you know, we had a call for that, and, and, and I didn't do it. And, and when the guy made the layup, I, you know, like you said, it was as I'm watching the possession, it was a crazy possession. I didn't think they were going to get a great look off uh, and then end up shooting a layup. But, uh, um, you know, I, I just tried to get our guys going and saying, and, and I'll be honest, I was enjoying coaching the game. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? Five more minutes, let's go. <laughs> it was a fun yeah. game. It was a good game, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a fun game to be a part of. And, and I thought our guys did a great job <laughs> coming out in overtime and uh, really executing and, and defending. And, and um, you know, obviously, we made our free throws down the stretch. Fad Mata with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, it, feel, it feels like your team has meshed pretty well with all the newcomers. Do you feel that way? And I guess, what, what, are, what things are you working on to get better as you're very, very close here from hitting, you know, conference schedule? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, I commend the players. I mean, I, I think they have done uh, an excellent job of, of, you know, sort of coming together. And, you know, we're, we're still a work in progress. But I, I think, you know, when you look at our, our veterans, um, the guys that came in, the older players, Posh, Ja, uh, Pierre, um, Andre, those guys have done a really, really good job of um, being mature and, and, you know, along the lines with, with Jalen, who was here last year, John Michael, who was here last year. And, you know, they, they've created a good locker room. And that was something I, I know I talked about this earlier. Um, that was really important to us when we went out and, and retooled this team. Um, guys that, that could get along, guys who were going to play for the right things. And, um you know, I think in terms of, of where we got to keep growing, um, you know, we, we got to keep learning and, and got to keep teaching the game of basketball. There's you know, a lot of situations that, that we're, <clears throat> we're, we're messing up in games and we get into big East play, you, you cannot mess those up. And, and uh, so, you know, those are things that we're looking at uh, in terms of offense, defense and film sessions and, uh, and, and working on in practice. Six and two on the year. The Butler Bulldogs. Very nice start. Built a bit of a resume as well here. It's going to be Buffalo tonight at eight thirty. Cal coming up on Saturday. We will give away a four pack of tickets to either tonight or Saturday. Um, the winner's choice there to that one at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Coach, what specifically? I mean, so many positions you impact or you found impact guys in the portal. What specifically were you looking for in the transfer portal last off season? All of the above. <laughs> no. Everything. <laughs> Everything, to be honest with you. But, you know, it, it started with character. Um, it started with who they were as kids. But, uh, you know, we, we needed everything. And, and you know, I, I like the fact that we've, you know, we've got a good mix of veterans we've got a, and, and young guys. Um, we needed shooting. We needed length and athleticism at the wing spots. We needed a couple different uh, type of point guards. We needed a couple different types of big guys. And, and we got fortunate in terms of, of you know who we who were able to get, and um, but you know really it was 
we wanted all of the above and, and we wanted to be versatile. And, and I think, you know, from Landon and Posh at the point, they're, they're two different players from Andre, Jalen, Bowden at the center position. They're, they're all different. And even our wings have a, a, a different feel about them. So, you know, I, I just I like having guys that are, are hard to guard. Well, and part of the reason I asked that question, when I came to practice like a month, I guess it probably would have been a month and a half ago, I think one of the first impressions I had walking in the gym was, oh my gosh, this looks like a football team. Like, you've got some dudes on the <laughs> wing that I'm like, man, they're great basketball yeah. players, but if it doesn't work out, they're going to be the next line of the tight end yeah. try in the NFL. <laughs> right. No, I mean, you know, I've always I've been fortunate in teams I've coached uh, that, that had those type of, you know, athletic wings and long. And, um, you know, and then you, you throw a guy in there like DJ who can, can really, really shoot the basketball. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice, nice mix right now. It really is. How much do you look? The net rankings came out yesterday. Do you, do you look? Do coaches look at the net rankings, coach, at all? Um, you know what? Somebody sent it to me. What were we, 36? Yeah, actually, you're 38. You're a sandwich between Duke and Utah right now. That's where you're at, 38. Okay. No, I, I, I think that's good. I, I, think, I know this. I didn't look at it last year. Um, <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, I never know I never know whether, uh, you know, we have to look at it for our job. I don't know if I was to laugh at that, but well, it, it's okay. It is a sign he of brought it up. Coach. Yeah, yeah he, he brought it up. Uh, how do you guard against complacency the next two games? You'll be hev- heavily favored, obviously, against oh. Buffalo and Cal- California on Saturday. Well, you know, I, I, it's it's not about who we're playing right now. It's about us, and and I think that's the thing. You know, as, as we go into film and, and preparation, um, you know, it, it's as I told the guys yesterday, the the five P's: you know, preparation, prevents piss poor performance, <laughs> and you know, getting these guys as as prepared as we can possibly be, and and not as I said, not making the same mistakes. And and you know, you look at college basketball right now. I. I don't know what a heavy favorite is anymore after last weekend and, and um, you know, all the upsets that are going on. You know, these guys, I, you know, I hope that they're they're on a mission. I know that, you know, Buffalo's 1-7, but you look at the talent they've got, they, they scare the heck out of me. And then Cal, you know, they're, they're starting to hit their stride out there. That's going to be another heck of a game on Saturday for sure. All right, Coach, we'll end with this. We've been teasing it all morning long. we got a four-pack of tickets to give away to either tonight or coming up Saturday against Cal. I have a trivia question that I was going to throw to our listening audience, but I'm open-minded if you have another one. My trivia question was going to be, Thad Mata has been employed by three universities in the state of Indiana. Can you name the three? Do you like that trivia question, or would you like to alter it a bit? No, I, I like that. Okay. I like that. I'd be interested to see if people could get that. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, if you're good with it, we are good with it, and I hope your yeah, team... Yeah, that's a heck of a question. Okay, all right. Good, good, good. Kylan, take those calls now, 317-239-1070. We will do that and give away a four-pack to Hinkle coming up either tonight or Saturday. Coach, as always, we love the conversations with you. Great start to the season, and uh, good luck this week. I appreciate it, fellas. Good luck to you guys. Thad Mata, Payless Liquors Hotline, the three universities. I guess, did I tell Kylan? But, uh, that, what the, what that's the, what I what was the, wondering. What the correct answer. How about you turn <laughs> off your mic, Andy? You tell Kylan the correct answer so she knows. Um, so we can I'll write it down. I'll right send a now. note to her. How does that sound? Yes, perfect there on that front here. I'm going to write on the back of this piece of paper here and not show the YouTube chat what it is. Kylan is smart enough, though. I, I think she I think might she, just know I think it. she probably has it worked out. I'm not worried about her. 
There's the answer right there. Oh, someone's going to get that easily. Yeah, someone's going to get that. There you go. Can you read my handwriting? Kylan, can you read that? By the way, Fad's going to lose his voice. He's not going to make it. I was wondering if he was sick. Yeah, well, I don't know if he had the Tyrese Halliburton, but he hasn't been to South Beach. No, I think that's just what a coach sounds like in December, is it not? Or just Tom Allen every day. Or just Tom Allen every single now, day. Fair I did enough. see uh, last night you had your, uh, what is it, Inside IU Basketball or whatever the official name of that show is. Don Fisher, it was you see a Roseman on with Fish, uh, a family matter for Mike Woodson that took him away from the radio show. Oh, okay. So, I did not uh, know that. I, I don't know if that will impact anything tonight from an IU standpoint. Point, but again, nine o'clock tip for the Hoosiers as Butler is favored by twenty-two and a half. Uh, Indiana is a six and a half point underdog tonight in Ann Arbor. Uh, if they win, and you would imagine Butler would win if they t- if they take the tickets for tonight against Buffalo or Cal uh, or California Cal on Saturday. I mean, if we send someone a family four pack and they win, that's two and zero. Oh. Since we've done this, I'm thinking Butler might want to, you know, know, invest in four tickets, and we just do this just about every game, right? I mean, we're, we'd be two and zero after this weekend. I did laugh when he said he didn't look at the net ratings last year. <laughs> well, fair enough. It's been quite the 180 here to start for Butler. Still a long way to go, but um, they've got a couple of really nice wins here already this season. Uh, to get back in the Pacers conversation, Andy, again last night, such a fun night, such a great atmosphere inside of. Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Um, I thought this was really an interesting one brought up here by Matt. And Matt goes, best thing about the game last night, other NBA players got to see what it is like playing with Halliburton and how great the environment can be in Indy. I didn't even think of that. Um, It was not top of mind for me necessarily walking away from last night. And I don't know how high on the priority list it is, but it should be on the list. I do think that is something to keep an eye on. And I, you know, is that going to be the end all be all in the Pacers attracting a free agent? Probably not. But is it going to be on the pro list if you are an NBA player? And you're going to see it Thursday as well when the Pacers are in the semis against Vegas. But specifically to your home environment last night, I do think something like that matters. When you see Halliburton, you see the environment, a young team, a growing team. That's intriguing. I, I don't care as much about the the what the stadium look like as much what I would care about if I'm a player besides the money of course and money obviously will be the main sure, thing yeah is, I mean money is, and weather yeah, supersede everything you know but. if if you're if you're big if you're Joel Embiid you're you're good to play with but you're a big right if you're playing with a James Harden you're never gonna get the basketball because he's dribbling the ball out at the top of the key. Tyrese Halliburton is a guy that is going to get you the ball. I mean, when we look at specifically, and I know there's been the conversation there, uh, you know, Buddy Heald keeping him, trading him, new contract, whatever it may be, and then Benedict Matherin, is he going to, you know, kind of be the Robin to the Batman? And I hate that analogy, but people understand it. Is he going to be the running mate with what Halliburton is doing? You know, if you're a perimeter player who is catch and shoot, if you're on the wing, I, there's no one better in the NBA than Halliburton to set you up. You know, I thought Carlisle after the game said it. He's like, if he has to go out and score 30 or 40 for us in a game, you'll see that he will go out and he will make it an effort to go score 30 or 40 points in a game. But if they need him to throw 15 assists and have zero turnovers or have one turnover, whatever it may be, he'll do it. I think that's a great point. 
Uh, I wrote it down. We never got to it, but I think that's that's probably a point this season, maybe not even last night, is this year, whether it be Team USA basketball stuff, it be the Pacers, if they can make the playoffs and be a team that does something in the playoffs, and then you combine the in-season tournament and you know trying to get on TV as much as possible. I think the biggest thing that will happen to the Pacers this year unless they make some magical run, will be they are established as a team that absolutely has a young superstar in this game. It's not, well, you know, we don't know too much about him or we don't know too much about Halliburner. How has he played against some of the better competition? None of that nonsense. It is a 23-year-old guy who has a max deal, who likes being here. And, you know, I mean, we have talked about, you know, we've talked about the Colts needing to go find an elite wide receiver, right? You, you've been on that conversation. Sure. for the last few months and that's not you know denigrating Michael Pittman Jr. or anything else Uh, but in the same token going out and getting another star on this team eventually for the Pacers didn't you give them 18 months 12 to 18 months is something that you're going to need to do I mean Halliburton just seems like if I made a list of guards to play with distributors to play with guys that you know that don't need to hog the ball I mean he's top two or three in the list is he not yeah and again I think something that really stands out me about him is he has such a great feel for when to distribute and when to be the lead scorer. And that balance, I think, is so difficult. I mean, hell, it's a big growth of Benedict Matherin right now. You know, how do you incorporate a little bit of that into your game? And, you know, it's one thing to score. It's another thing to kind of close in this league. Can you be a legit closer when the scouting report now screams, hey, we're doing everything to get the ball out of your hands, and we're putting unquestionably our best defender on you, and the opposing team is obviously locked in, et cetera, et cetera. And just just look at last night. You know, he has a slow first half. You know, he looked ill to me. He clearly was. Needed an inhaler at halftime, he said. And what does he come out in the third quarter? He puts on the scoring hat, and he he scores big time for you to get you back in in that game, give you the lead, and then again, in the fourth quarter, where things started to slow down from him scoring-wise, boom, he hits you with that four-point play. Um, such a magical night, really, inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And needed. Needed for the franchise. you got to feel those moments, all of those things. Uh, Halliburton provided that for you, and this team provided for you. I thought Rick Carlisle made a great point to us yesterday. We've got to have the urgency like we're down 10. I thought... Even when things weren't great last night for the Pacers, I thought they played like that for 48 minutes. Can I play a piece of sound for you? I meant to play this after Greg Doyle, and I totally forgot we were kind of backed up against it. Uh, But I thought this was uber interesting, and Doyle even alluded to it earlier when we had him on at about 8.30 or so. Carlisle postgame talked about the importance of the win for like the city and everything else. And, and I found that to be kind of enlightening and interesting, him bringing everyone together, saying, hey, it's just not about the 15 guys here. It's just not about the coaching staff. It's about everyone in turning this organization around. Well, it's, it's, it's so important for our city, our franchise, and our players. The thing you don't realize, you know, you see an NBA team and you see – 
you know, 15 guys or 13 guys that are dressed or 15 or whatever it is. And you don't realize all the people behind the scenes that are working to, you know, fill the building and, um, you know, keep keep the the court, you know, looking great and, and serviceable. I mentioned that before the game, you know, what Mel Raines and her crew did. And so it just it's just it's uplifting, you know, and it's cool right now. You know, the Colts, the Colts are on a winning streak. Uh, the Pacers, you know, we're, we're headed to Vegas. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of good things going on in the city. And so um, I'm just happy for our fans. Yeah, I think it's something very similar to what Greg Doyle honestly said to us a little bit earlier about this time. And, you know, Andy, specifically, let's go to the franchise and the team aspect, everything Carlisle just laid out there. The harsh reality of where the Pacers were at a few years ago, and to use a Rick Carlisle phrase, he called it a dark spot for the franchise. The harsh reality was you had to lose to rebuild. No one wants to lose, but if you want to rebuild, particularly as a small market NBA team, you have to. You have to lose. Yeah. So they did lose. Now, not necessarily by choice. I don't know, although they did rest Halliburton in some key key moments, but they had to lose uh, for them to realize hey, guys, Turner and Sabonis, it ain't working. We got to blow that up. Okay. So they do that. Uh, they get Halliburton. Okay. Now we need to get some high draft picks. Okay. We need to get a Mathern. We need to get some other pieces. They obviously did that. Now they've reached the rebuild phase of, now you win. Now it's time to win. And so for your franchise and your team, it's important now to get in moments like last night, not only experience them, not only get to those you know game pressure moments, everyone on their feet late, but then you walk off the court as a winning team. That's now the next step in this rebuild. And the best part about it, it's not like they're locked into this core. I mean, yes, there are a lot of pieces you like, but they still have flexibility to make some moves moving forward. And they'll need to do that. That's a fair sure. It's a fair take to this is this is a great start, but they'll have to get another start or someone's gonna have to emerge. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, there are still other things to do, but at this juncture of it all, when Buddy Hill's never been in the playoffs, Halliburton's been so open about I haven't won in years, guys. Miles Turner hasn't been in a playoff game in X amount of years. You know, even your younger guys, Neesmith, Matherin, you know, Neesmith in particular, I mean, they won in Boston, obviously, but it's not like Neesmith was playing meaningful minutes in those playoff games. These guys need to feel that. And last night was a big, big part of that, and they'll get another opportunity Thursday and potentially Saturday as well. You talk about in the NFL, KB, you got to find your quarterback. Like that's the, like if you can find your quarterback, you can start to build around him, and like everything looks up when you find your quarterback, unless you're the Chargers and you find your quarterback and you just lose and score six points with your with your quarterback. Don't you feel that way with Halliburton? That the first one of the first big steps in any organization is, whether it be the draft or free agency, trade, etc., you have to nail getting that guy that is going to be the face of your program, and then you go forward with that. And I know there's been a lot of kind of down the middle of, well, you know, the Kings got what they wanted, and I understand. The Kings have become a better team. Sabonis had a triple-double and, and, last and, Yeah, and Sabonis <laughs> has been good for them. But in this trade, the... The Pacers got the thing that is the most difficult to get. 
and they got the superstar, yeah. the young star. It's a great point. That changes everything. And again, that's not easy. You can draft that, but the draft is also sticky sometimes. We understand that. You can get some guys that just simply do not work out. Uh, but Halliburton is that guy, and they've built around him, and they built a nice team around him. And, and to me, they're being shown as one of the fun up, uh, up-and-coming up young teams in the NBA. That is going to be the motto of the Pacers this season. DeForest Buckner in 20 minutes. The winner of our Butler ticket giveaway was Eric, the three schools that Mata has been employed by. Butler quite often. Obviously, mm-hmm. he just came from Indiana. Remember the administrative role mm-hmm. he was with? Mike Woodson's staff in the first coaching gig of Thad Mata's collegiate resume was out in Terre Haute for the trees of Indiana State, who are having a very nice start to the season. Yes, we they are. We talked about that with Greg Gregstraw on Friday. Nice start to the year, not only for Indiana State, but Evansville and Ball State as well. Indiana State in particular, though, very, very good for Josh Schertz and company in the MoVal. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Let's go on out to the Payless Lakers hotline, DeForest Buckner, Mr. Everything for the Colts. He joins us here to uh, to end the program on this Tuesday. Uh, DeForest, how are you, man? What's going on? How's your morning going? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Man, we thank you so much uh, for joining us. Let me ask you this. Obviously, a lot today has been about the Pacers' big win and Tyrese Halliburton. Did you watch any of that game last night? I'm going to be honest. No, I didn't catch anything. Oh. Any of the game last night, yeah. Now, were you? I, I am curious about this. When you play the opponent on, and I mean, hell, you got two young kids. You probably just want to sleep. When you play the opponent coming up, maybe you have three kids now. Do you have two or three? Two. I got okay. two boys. Uh do you like watching Monday Night Football if you know you're playing that opponent? Oh no, yeah, yeah. I like I like getting uh you know getting ahead on the film and everything. So uh, I definitely was tuned into the game last night. Okay, kind of a crazy one. Uh, we were talking yeah. about this, and and DeForest Buckner joined us here on the Payless Stickers Hotline. We were just talking about this before you hopped on. Um, Shane Sykin described that as one of the wilder games he can remember. You guys in Tennessee, of course, on Sunday. Would that rank up there for you in terms of just all the ebbs and flows and the craziness to that one? Yeah, definitely. It was definitely one of the crazier games I've ever been a part of. Just the back and forth and all the crazy stuff happening. I mean, the, the back-to-back block punts on special teams and then, you know, them shanking the extra point, <laughs> going to OT. It was just a wild, a wild, wild game. DeForest Buckner with us here on the Wake Up Call. Uh, you guys, I think the number's like 17 sacks in the last three games. How have you seen, I guess, how much have you enjoyed watching some of the young guys there on that defensive line kind of grow up here in the last month, month and a half of the season? Oh, no, it's been been great to see. You know, obviously, um, drafting Dio and Quiddy, you know, those guys, you know, um, you know, we you, you could see Chris's, uh, you know, obviously his vision of the D line and everything coming, on, you know, coming to flourish in the past a couple of weeks. Just have, investing in those guys and um, just the growth that I've seen, you know, so far. You know, all the hard work that they put in. You know, it's starting to, 
you know, coming to fruition. It's been amazing to see how, uh, you know, how it's all been turning out. He is number 99. He is DeForest Buckner. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I know Grover Stewart's been in the building for the last couple of weeks. He will make his return coming up on Sunday. DeForest, I kind of joked, uh, half jokingly, half not, that you guys should have like rose petals out to welcome Big Grove back. <laughs> what will it mean to have Big Number 90 next to you here now moving forward? No, yeah, you know, obviously Grove has been a, a big key f- part of our team, part of our defense, and um, you know he definitely gives us a little bit of relief in the run game. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's him plugging up the middle um, has been great for us over the past couple of years. So it's going to be great to have his presence back out there, making some plays. You don't mind. I want to go back to a conversation back from the spring, and I remember asking you. This was kind of right after Stephon Gilmore had been traded to to Dallas, and kind of asking you a question of like, you know, you've got a resume that if you wanted to say, hey, I'd like to be on a contending team, I I, I think Chris Ballard would have honored that, and you made it very clear that you thought something could happen here, like this mm-hmm. year, and lo and behold. You're damn right. I mean, here they are, seven and five, and you've got an opportunity to make the playoffs. What made you feel that in the spring when seemingly, and my hand is raised, uh, I was one of the numerous people that didn't think that was possible? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just the the growth with the the guys on the team. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, obviously the past couple of years we've had a, a really young team, and uh, but then. You know, this year, going into this year, a lot of those young guys got a lot of experience under their belt, you know what I mean, playing a lot, uh, especially early in their careers and, and just seeing what we were able, you know, those guys are capable, capable of doing in practice each and every day. I knew we had we could do something special. And even with the adversity that we obviously, obviously faced this year with some guys being down and, you know, Anthony going down early, you know, just you just see the how guys rise to the occasion, stepping up, next man up mentality. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're obviously in the race. Um, to the playoffs, so we got to we put ourselves in a great position and uh, just taking it one week at a time. Especially with a great coach like Shane, you know, obviously leading the way. I mean, you know, I just I, I kind of just just put all my trust in Ballard, and you know, everything's starting to to pan out. You mentioned a great coach in Shane Steichen, and listen, uh, no matter what happens, at least for me in the final what five games here, I, I think Coach Steichen and his staff, and you know, kind of the feel around the program is definitely a lot better. What makes him a great coach in your mind? No, yeah, I mean he's, he's definitely all ball. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like he just he thinks the ball 24/7, but you know he's a he can he's a competitor. You know, that's what I really loved when he came in. It was just all about competing each and every day, whatever you do. And, uh, you know, that mentality of that winning mentality that he has, um, obviously it's contagious. And, you know, the guys were just fully bought in to the culture that he brought in. And, uh, you know, you're just showing it. It's, it's, you know, we're showing it, in the especially the past couple of weeks, you know, all those tight games, you know, being able to finish and uh, really, you know, dig deep and, you know, play for one another. Um, I mean, it's just been it's been great with what I've been able to see throughout the team, just the transition from last year to this year, the mentality. He is DeForest Buckner, in my opinion, should be well on his way to another Pro Bowl nod here coming up later this month, and he's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. DeForest, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Zaire Franklin and goes in fullback. Uh, when is your offensive package coming, and, and what would that look like? <laughs> You know what? I'm, I'm definitely uh, waiting for my number to be called, and uh, whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to be a, a fun play. But uh, you know, hopefully, I can get back in the in the end zone, huh? <laughs> now you've got the body type. I'm kind of thinking you could do a couple of things. You could full oh, back yeah. it up, but you could oh, inline definitely. it as a tight end, right? 
Yeah, most definitely. I can, I can do it all. I can, you know, block, catch, whatever you need me to do. Now, I should know this. Did you ever – I don't think you've been in on offense with the Colts. I could be wrong on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you no. Did you ever do it in San Fran? Nope, not at all. Really? Wow. Oh my God! This is a mud. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have, you know, bake some cookies for Shane here coming up in the next few weeks. Right, exactly. It's, but I mean, if you're in the flat and Minshew's gonna throw you the ball, you know, you gotta catch it. They can't put you in the game and get you wide open in the end zone, and then you drop it. Right? I mean, there's a lot of pressure uh, yeah. there. That's not just blocking. There's a lot of pressure uh, for no, you to catch the ball. A, there's definitely a lot of pressure catching the ball. Now I, sure. you have those big clubs, and I, I feel like you know, last year, maybe it's a couple of years ago, like yeah, you, you had an extra padding on on. On one of them, would you have to remove some of that? I, I would be a little, you know, are you basking, basket no, catching it? No, I can still catch the ball with okay. the thing on my hand. Yeah, yeah. There's, you got to watch out using the body. It'll bounce, it'll bounce <laughs> off of you. There's zero <laughs> doubting that. Again, DeForest Buckner's with us. Uh, DeForest, last one from me. You know, last year you battled. I think it was a, a, an elbow injury that, you know, maybe would have needed Tommy John if you would have been more of a, you know, thrower and everything. How, for our audience out there, what does your body feel like 12 games into an NFL season? <laughs> Feels like I've been in an accident. <laughs> no, but uh, no, yeah, you definitely have the wear and tear on your body throughout the season. You know, um, definitely weighs on you. But you know, obviously at this point in the season, I mean, everybody's had some type of injury, dealing with some type of injury. You know what I mean? So you can't really use it as an excuse. You just have to, you know, just adjust and and how you, uh, you know, do certain things or what techniques and stuff like that, just to to kind of um, you know obviously get through get through it all. But yeah, it's it's really just at that point, you know, obviously just the wear and tear on you physically. I mean, mentally, you got to be, you know, obviously uh, being able to push through certain things. Uh, and yeah, it's not just you; it's just you know, it's the entire NFL at, at this point in the season. Everybody's got something to deal with. All right, two quickies, and we'll get you out of here. DeForest Buckner with us here on this Tuesday on the Fan. Uh, you mentioned watching the Monday Night Football game last night. Uh, you'll be in Cincinnati on Sunday. What did you see with the Bengals? Uh, obviously, Jake Browning, their backup quarterback, had quite a game last night. No, yeah, I mean, just a way to be able to obviously rally and uh, go both blow for blow with Jacksonville last night. You know, you know on the road, uh, what they were able to do um, just shows the type of you know uh, the guys they have in their locker room, the type of team they got. You know, a really gritty team, and doesn't matter the injuries or whatever it is, um, they you know they pulled through and um, they got some things going. And uh, obviously, they have a lot of trust in Jake Browning, so it's going to be a really good game. You know, especially um, especially them being at home. Um, you know, coming against us, and they're right in the mix of being in the hunt. So, uh, this is going to be a, definitely a, one of those games that's going to be a physical, you know, obviously physical game. And um, you know, we got to be locked in in all three phases. When you when you watch Monday Night Football, is it Buck and Aikman on, on ESPN, or do you do Manning Cast? Which one do you do? <laughs> I kind of go, you know, back and forth. Okay. But uh, you know, just just usually the the normal. The normal. Would you yeah. want to be on the Manning cast? Uh, you know, if they they asked me, okay, no, for sure, yeah. <laughs> he is DeForest Buckner, and as Andy said, Colts and Bengals coming up Sunday at one o'clock. DeForest, a lot of respect for how you've handled things over the last year or so amidst kind of all the chaos, and you certainly have felt the rewards of it this year with this team at seven and five. So, congrats on the team success and individually as well. Stay healthy and uh, have a great rest of the year, man. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Have a great day. DeForest Buckner right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Speaking of Monday Night Football, the latest from NFL Network, there's optimism Trevor Lawrence's injury and ankle sprain isn't bad. Okay. And that's a credit to the Jags' QB flexibility. 
Not the first time he's been rolled <laughs> okay. and avoided serious injury. I totally forgot about this play last year against the Lions, how ugly that one looked. Um, so he's had like three of these, at least in his career, that I can remember yeah. that. I okay. mean, that play last year against the Lions, he gets rolled up on late in the first half. I mean, it looks broken. Sp- I don't know. How, right. it, it just looks High awful. ankle sprain, whatever it may be. Right. And this guy's been really durable throughout his career. So, wonder if he misses uh, a game, though. Again, they're at Cleveland. That's coming I mean, up on Sunday. Just judging him leave the field, it looked like you he had would to have think to so. miss at least a game. But certainly his injury watch and the AFC South race, a lot of implications on that one. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 